my entitled aunt steals my inheritance, as well as the inheritance of all of my family members, after she secretly manipulates my grandma and rewrites the will in her favor. And I honestly could not be more shocked and disgusted in my life. Here's what happened. So my aunt was one of two kids that my grandparents had. My mother was the solar opposite to my aunt. She worked from the age of 12 in my grandfather's shop, never asked for anything, and eventually managed to start her own business. My aunt never held down a job until the age of 26, was constantly stealing from her parents, and was constantly in trouble. Despite this, my aunt was incredibly spoiled by my grandmother, and so were all of her kids. For a bit of context, she had three kids from three different men, and her first husband was not one of them, if you know what I mean. It did not matter what my aunt or her kids did. My grandmother would always jump to their defense. She never had time for my mom and her kids, unless it was just to get something from us. The only reason my mom would ever visit her was because she loved my grandfather. My grandfather passed away in 2004, and a few months after that, my grandma decided to write up a new will. My mother and aunt were both present for it when she signed it, so they knew what was in it. It made it so that when she passed away, her home would be sold, and the money split 25% each to my mom and aunt, and the remaining 50% would go evenly to the grandkids. At the time, the house was worth more than $500,000, so it really would be a nice little inheritance. In 2010, my mom passed away after an accident and did not have a current will in place. As she no longer had her business and was renting a house, she didn't have anything of much monetary value. The only thing she was concerned about was what would be done at her funeral, should she have passed away. But she told me everything that she wanted if it did happen. She told me the music, the flowers, what color she wanted the coffin, and even what she wanted people to wear at the funeral itself. She wanted people to wear bright warm colors. So when she passed away, my aunt and grandma took over all the arrangements and tried to undo all the things I told them. The songs were going to be songs I knew my mom didn't like, the flowers were all wrong colors, and they picked a hideous coffin. With the help of my siblings, we were able to change a few things back to what they were supposed to be, but the coffin couldn't be changed for some reason. After the funeral, my grandmother had her will changed. My siblings and I were told by my aunt that she didn't have any involvement with the writing of the will, and our grandmother told us that she changed it so that mom's share would go to the kids instead. And we thought this was all good, but we could not be more mistaken, as my aunt's entitlement comes through in a way that I honestly never expected. After my mom passed away, my grandma just stopped talking about my mom altogether. At first, we thought it was because she was still recovering from losing her daughter. But even five years after my mom passed away, she still wouldn't talk about her. Even if you brought up a story about mom, grandma would very obviously try and change the subject. And if you went to talk to her about your own problems, she would somehow bring it back to my aunt, stating how hard they have it and how hard of a life they have. So you can probably imagine how hard it would be to hear that someone else has it much worse than you when you're suffering from a mental breakdown after your mom just passed away and you're just looking for comfort. In 2016, my grandma passed away. She had written down what she wanted to be done for her funeral and it was basically all the same things that she had picked out for my mom's funeral. Even to the music that was being played. I don't know why she tried to have a dress rehearsal funeral using my mom as the stand-in, but it was obvious that's what she was trying to do. So after a couple of months, our siblings and I were waiting to hear about the will reading, and my aunt kept telling me that it will be another month before we could do the will reading, which I honestly didn't mind. I wasn't bothered about money, to be honest. But my oldest brother was hoping to use the money to pay for a honeymoon for him and his then fiance, and my younger brother was just about to start university, so this really 
would have helped. Eventually, my dad bumped into the solicitor that my grandmother had been using to deal with her will and asked what was happening. The solicitor let it slip that the will had already been read and that it left everything to my aunt. When my dad questioned this, the solicitor told him that my aunt had been present when the will was written, despite promising that she had nothing to do with it. When confronted about this, my aunt initially tried to deny it, but eventually admitted to lying to all of us. She showed us the will and it confirmed what we already knew. The house and all its contents were now my aunt's. This included my granddad's war medals. After fighting in the Second World War, when I told her that he had promised them to me before he passed away, she said, well, unless you have it in writing, you have nothing in this house. Anyways, I already gave them to Clive. When she said that, my heart sank. Clive was her eldest son and was the dictionary definition of a complete mess up. He had been in and out of prison for several things, including theft, as well as stuff involving illegal substances, if you know what I mean. I knew that the moment that jerk got his hands on any of my granddad's medals, they would have been sold off immediately. We looked into taking her to court over the will, but everyone we spoke to said that we probably wouldn't get anything out of it. She immediately put the house up for sale at a closing price of about $750,000. She had upset too many people in our town, so she was going to sell the house and move closer to her daughter, who lives in a bigger city. An offer was made on the house, and she put down a deposit on a house nearby in the big city. And I thought that was the end of it. But thankfully, karma comes into play. The people who wanted my grandma's house had a survey done on the house to see if there were any issues. And oh boy, were there. It turns out that the land the house was built on was way too soft for this type of house. And as a result, it was sinking. It has sunk about two centimeters in the 40 years that my grandfather and my grandmother had lived there. But the sinking was accelerating to one centimeter per year. This meant that within the next three years, the house would need some serious work or be knocked down. The new value of the house? Close to $60,000, which is not even close to what we originally thought it would be. The buyers immediately pulled out, having not even put down a deposit. She couldn't buy her new house, but still had to pay the deposit on it. And while this was happening, she let Clive move in with her into her house that she rented from the council. He wasn't allowed to live in any council houses because he had trashed every single one of them that he'd been given. Someone then reported this and she was kicked out of her home. She was forced to move into my grandma's old house as she couldn't live anywhere else. So there she is, living in a crumbling house with her jerk of a son and her partner. And she was stuck there for two years. Every time I saw her, she would try and start talking to me and I would just ignore her and walk off. One time I was walking away and she started screaming at me, screeching that she was glad my mother passed away and that I deserve this kind of grief. And this was all in the middle of a busy street. Someone reported her to the police and she had an official warning from them and was ridiculed on Facebook. Every time I saw her after that, she looked more and more miserable. Eventually, she sold the house for something like $85,000 and moved in with her daughter in the big city. I lost contact with her and her kids after this, but Karma still had more it wanted to say. I bumped into one of her former friends and she told me what happened after she left our town. She moved into her daughter's home, but they only had a three-bedroom house and three kids at that. My aunt and her partner had to live in the smallest room in the house while my aunt looked for a job and a home to rent. After about a month, my aunt's partner ran off. After emptying her account, she was left stranded in her daughter's house, not contributing anything because all the money she makes goes into bingo. Eventually, her daughter and my aunt get into a screaming match and my aunt said something 
bad enough that insulted her daughter and immediately got her kicked out of the house. So there's my aunt in a city where she knows nobody, she has no home, no money, and the last bridge that she possibly had, she just burned down with her awful comments. The last thing that anyone's heard is that she's living in a caravan in the roughest part of the city and she can no longer work because she's suffering from onset arthritis and can no longer move her hands. Now, I know I shouldn't get joy out of something like this happening to another person, but considering the individual, it does bring me some kind of peace as to what has happened. Yeah, it sounds like your aunt got exactly what she deserved. She literally stole the inheritance from you and your siblings after basically lying to everybody and being like, oh yeah, we're going to rewrite the will. But instead, she literally throws the entire family under the bus, and this was all over money and a home. Like, seriously, was it worth it? Was it worth ruining your family relationships and throwing everybody under the bus? Because honestly, I don't think it was. Like, that's just not fair for anybody, and that's just ridiculous. And I'm in the same boat as the original poster. It really is awful when bad things happen to good people, but from the sounds of it, it does not look like your aunt is a good person. So it's really cool to see that karma came back and put her right in her place. Because her behavior is absolutely unacceptable, and she quite literally deserved exactly what she got. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My entitled neighbor tells me that I should take off my mask, despite the fact that me and my husband are fighting the flu. So after being very tired and very frustrated, I decide to maliciously comply, taking my mask off in the elevator. And it was honestly so satisfying watching this guy's face drop as he realized that he's stuck in an elevator with someone who's sick. Here's what happened. So to start things out, I never thought I'd encounter this type of person in the wild, given that wearing a mask is not really politicized from where I'm from, and that culturally, we tend to be more collectivism rather than individualistic. For some context, I'm from Asia, and face masks are pretty normal. That's also probably why, even though we're no longer mandated to wear a mask, many still choose to do so, and it's not unusual to see people wearing them. I think about 50-60% to of people you see outside really still do it. This also makes it extra annoying that this person, for some reason, chose me and this moment to blurt out his unwanted advice. In the apartment complex where I live, they've stopped allowing deliveries straight to our door, so our packages have to be claimed from the lobby. I just came from getting our packages and was waiting for the elevator when this man, who I don't know at all, so I can't say he's a neighbor, came up to me, looked at my mask and said, you know it's a beautiful day, why deprive yourself of good oxygen? Or something like that. I didn't answer, as it was this moment that the elevator arrived, so we both went inside. So the other reason that I've been wearing a mask was that I have a cold and I have been coughing since that morning. My husband has been in bed for the past two days dealing with flu symptoms and that includes a fever, a cough and having the chills. So far we're negative in the COVID antigen tests but we are still trying to be careful since it might still be a contagious virus. In fact, the package I claimed from the lobby was the medication I ordered for the both of us. Now when this guy said this to me I was feeling rather petty and I know the right thing to do was to keep on and just ignore him but I was already tired from being sick and taking care of my husband so I decided to maliciously comply. Once the doors closed and we were stuck in a small box I took it off and I smiled at him and I said you know what you're right I have a really bad cold and the fresh air really feels good. It was so satisfying to see him uncomfortable so I continued by saying and to top it all off my husband also has the flu and has been bedridden for like two days so I hope it's not a contagious virus or something like this. And at this point, he wasn't even looking at me anymore. He just stared at the door and waited for the elevator to get to his floor. Anyway, it wasn't a long elevator ride, so I didn't
didn't get to say anything else anymore. He had to get out of the fourth floor and he scampered away as soon as the door opened. Now I have mixed feelings, both satisfaction and guilt, and I hope that nobody gets sick. But at the same time, this guy very easily could have just minded his own business and went about his life without trying to interject about mine. Yeah, I know exactly the type of person that the original poster is describing. They feel the need to comment on everything that's going on around them, and they try to politicize something as simple as wearing a mask. And in my opinion, that's just ridiculous. If you're sick and you're wearing a mask, you're doing everybody else a favor, and there's no reason that anybody should have any kind of opinion about it. Like, seriously, keep it to yourself. So I don't blame the original poster for doing what they did, because if I was in their situation, I probably would have felt really petty as well, and I would have wanted to do the exact same thing. Because that guy had no business telling you to take off your mask. It was literally none of his business, and he honestly should have just kept his mouth shut. My boyfriend doesn't have a job and never gives me gifts on important days. And now that Valentine's Day is coming up, I'm honestly not sure if I should approach him about this or what I should do in general. My boyfriend and I have been dating for almost two years. Our whole relationship is a long story, but I'll cut to the present for the purpose of this post. We currently live with his mom and siblings and therefore do not pay rent or even buy major groceries, though we have paid rent and lived together in the past. But again, I'm only talking about right now. We've lived here since the summer and my boyfriend has yet to get a job. He lost his previous one last June, hence why we're living with his mom. I have a job, multiple actually, and help around the house. He does not and rarely does anything for the house or his mom. Anyways, since losing his job, my birthday passed, Christmas passed, and his birthday has passed. And this is how it went as far as gifts are concerned. For my birthday, he didn't get me anything. And when Christmas rolled around, I commented even though he does not have a job, there are many presents he could give me to show me his love that I would be more than happy to receive. He replied with sounding annoyed by saying, I have no money. What do you want from me? I was hurt because he knows that gift giving is a huge part of my love language. I feel really connected to a person when I receive a thoughtful gift and vice versa. I understand that he is not like that and he doesn't have to meet my standards all the time, but I do think it's normal for couples to give some type of gift or gesture to one another, particularly on special days. Anyway, I replied with, okay, so let's just not do Christmas gifts this year, to which he responded excitingly by saying, okay, that sounds good, and I just left it at that. I got him a small Christmas gift, and I didn't really expect anything from him. I was okay with this because we had discussed it beforehand, and it wasn't what I expected. I didn't like that this is what we decided on, and he knew that, but I did accept it. When his birthday came around a few weeks later, I didn't get him anything, and again, he didn't care or even just didn't say anything about it in the slightest, which is fine, that's cool. Now, a week or two ago, I brought up Valentine's Day coming up. I again mentioned that although he doesn't have money, there are many things that can be considered a nice thing to do for another person on this particular holiday. He semi-agreed this time, and that was it. Nothing more was said. Now, Valentine's Day is two days away at the time of this post, and I do have a gift for him. It's something that we can do together. I got him it because I'm sick of avoiding my love language just because he doesn't want to reciprocate it. I'm truly not expecting anything from him, as that is what has happened every other time in the past. Yet I'm afraid that when the day comes, I will be heartbroken, that he didn't take even five minutes to think about it. I don't want to be upset over something that I'm expecting, but I guess this is where I need advice. I don't know what more to say to him before that day, and I don't know if I should. I think I've said everything I can, and I don't want to be upset if the inevitable truly does happen. What should I do? Honestly, I think your love language is the last problem here. Your boyfriend 
boyfriend is very clearly lazy. Like, there's just no other excuse. He could get some kind of job, even if it's an odd job at night. Something to provide money to bring in to himself and to you. There's really not a good excuse, in my opinion. And in contrast, you actually contribute to the house by having multiple jobs, as well as helping around the house. That's the real problem here, in my opinion. So honestly, considering his behavior, I would not be surprised or expect anything from him when it comes to Valentine's Day. Because there are so many examples to show you that, yeah, he just doesn't care and he's not going to get you anything in the slightest. So hopefully his job issue can get worked out because the way he's acting is incredibly spoiled and lazy and there's really no good excuse for that. My friend is ruining his life by letting his other toxic friend basically run his life. And at this point, I really don't know what to do. So back in October, my friend, who we'll call Aaron, that's not his real name, became closer with a girl he's known for a while. We'll call her Brittany. That's also not her real name. They started talking more and started a situationship. There were some complications, however, so they were just talking for a few weeks, but they became really close, and I honestly haven't seen Aaron that happy in a long time. They were spending a lot of time together, and I saw so much potential, and I was really happy for the two of them. I know Brittany as well, and they were super well-suited. Now, this is where the other friend comes in. We'll call her Charlie. That's not her real name either. Charlie is absolutely awful and uses Aaron blatantly, but he can never see it. She approached Aaron and told him that he's been an awful friend for the past few months and hasn't been there for her because he's been so distracted by Brittany. And she started saying that Brittany is a bad influence and is using him and doesn't really care about him as well as all this other stuff. Charlie then tries to break them up and believe it or not, it actually works. Now, Brittany came to me and told me everything. And when I confronted Aaron, he literally just said he realized Charlie was right and he was being a selfish jerk by spending so much time with a girl that he liked over a close friend. And while I understand where he's coming from, I also completely disagree. As a side note, Aaron has been incredibly depressed and has struggled with that for a very long time. And I think the reason Aaron has been so depressed for such a long time is because Charlie keeps doing this to him and ruins his chances at love every time she gets the chance. She has a boyfriend, so I don't know why she does this to Aaron. But Aaron is absolutely blind to everything that's going on and can never see it. And he is absolutely ruining all his chances by siding with her. It was really nice seeing him so happy and active with us again and not hiding within himself, which is how he acts whenever he's with Charlie. He just completely blocks everyone else out. I wish he'd just leave him alone or he could just see her toxicity and cut her out of his life. But he can never see how she really is. I despise her so much and I feel so bad for Brittany because she's devastated clearly and she really liked him as well. Is there anything at all I can do here? Aaron has gone back to retreating into himself and is really quiet and has been acting very depressed and Charlie is happy because she has him all to herself again. Is there any way I can stop this train wreck from happening? I care for them both but I'm honestly so frustrated and I really don't know what to do. Unfortunately, in my opinion, there's really not much you can do. It's pretty clear that Aaron obviously can't see a good thing staring him right in the face while also being incredibly disappointing that he seriously broke up with his girlfriend all because of some awful friend who clearly does not have his best interest in mind. Like she is literally just a toxic individual and can hardly even be called a friend. So hopefully Aaron can come to his senses because he literally just threw away a good relationship because he would rather spend time with a toxic friend. And that in and of itself is honestly really sad. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like 
Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.